This is A Note to Future Me. Hi, this is Brett Johnson, your host and the owner of Circle 270 Media Podcast Consultants. If you survived Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp being down in October, this is going to be the episode for you. I talk with Laura Oldham. She is the owner of Starburst Media. Uh, She uses an array of her skills, gained through various web and design firms in Chicago, lives in Columbus, and over the past decade has owned Starburst Media and helping hundreds of clients take advantage of WordPress, Squarespace, Shopify, website building. And if Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp being down is not enough for you to realize that you need a website. Um, I hope this this episode will help you figure that out. She goes over some really good meat on the bone advice about what to look for when building a website, why you should be building a website or revising the website that you have. If that is the hurdle that stops you from really focusing and promoting your website just because you don't like it, now's the time to be taking a look at that and revising it. If you haven't built a website, I mean a standalone website, not based on a website that you have on your hosting platform. I'm talking a .com with your podcast name in front of that .com. Now is the time to really be thinking about doing that and moving forward because uh, this won't be the last time social media will go down. And if you rely on social media totally on uh, promoting your podcast, promoting your business, uh, you're building your castle on sand, as they say. This is a fantastic interview with Laura. I hope you enjoy and hope you get a couple of tidbits from it and and it energizes you to build a website for your podcast. Well, Laura, timing couldn't be better to talk about websites with uh, Facebook, (laughs) with, you know, the Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp incident that happened now just a couple of days ago by the time we published this. But uh, back in October, if you're listening to this months from now. I think it was more than a mild inconvenience or what what they called it internally a snow day. They can make light of it. I think a lot more people are uh, freaking out than they were. Podcasters and business owners as well may now see the urgency in creating a standalone website um, entirely separate from social media. If this were to happen to Spotify or Apple, uh, far too many would have ended up losing listeners and, and revenue. You lived through yesterday too. What, what are your thoughts about, you know, looking back at it going, yeah, did you have those, I told you so moments? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe to an extent. Um, you know, it's been funny because when I first started my business about 12 years ago, it was largely social media based. And my first five years or so, was telling clients they needed to be on social media in addition to their website. And the last six or seven years has been not to worry so much about social media because truthfully, I mean, any number of things are going to take Facebook slash Instagram down um, because antitrust, if there's ever been a time where it was made clear where, why you shouldn't have one company controlling such a big chunk of communications for the entire world. It was yesterday where People in countries weren't able to communicate with family members and, you know, businesses um, weren't able to do basic commerce that they rely upon Facebook for. And so it, so it just kind of was like, well, this is why I've been telling people for years that having even the most simple website is really important because you do not know what's going to happen to Facebook, Instagram, or any number of these over the next few years as regulators start to break them up or 
if the EU somehow manages to completely destroy Mark Zuckerberg, who knows? But it's always better to have control over your own assets instead of depending upon Facebook servers being working. Yeah, well, and, and the social media, Facebook in particular, has made it really enticing to build your business on. I mean, they give you the tools, they're pretty simple to tools to use on the back end that you're you're living on that social media platform more than you realize. And, and they've really slipped themselves into the business realm to, to make it look like they're your partner in it. And, you know, I think, again, them being down for most of a day really opened your, your eyes to it. And, and maybe it's now a realization of, OK, let's look at this platform, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Twitter. It could be any of them for what it is. It's a communication tool. That, that's it. You can't build your your house on sand, quite frankly. <laughs> um, and, and I think those that, you know, have the website, I would think – you may have gotten calls yesterday too, kind of going, thank goodness we got a website. Thank goodness, you know, that we're living on what we built. Yeah. You know, um, one of, one of the conversations that I had yesterday with one of, um, a a client or not a client, I'm sorry, a campaign that I'm a part of, we're like, thank God we have such a robust plan in place for lit drops and mailers and everything else. Because if a campaign was, and granted it was, you know, half a day that, but that can be a lot for some of these local campaigns, especially, thank goodness we have so many other pieces in place to communicate with people effectively outside of just depending upon Facebook. Um, and you know, another thing that yesterday sort of underlined to me for years with Facebook, they've been making all their money by saying, well, if you don't pay for your post, 10% of your audience will see it or whatever it is right now based upon the algorithm. So it's always been based upon paying so even when it's working as well as it should you're still what you think you're getting for free you're not it it costs money to get in front of even the people that already chose to see your post so yes everything says have something outside of just depending upon facebook and instagram for sure let's let's dive into it a little bit too so you know i know We've been preaching it. I've been talking about it while you have your whole career as well, too, of, you know, create a website. And I think some of the hurdle in creating a website is that where do you start? And and you read the – if you Google that topic, you'll be reading pages and pages and pages and pages. And I think it's good to talk to people that have been in it a while to that have gotten the bruises for their clients and such and learned as they go because this is an ever-changing uh, industry. Um, so can we go over maybe a few do's and don'ts when creating a website? I mean it, it's one of those where do you start? Some do's and don'ts when creating a website. What comes to mind? Sure. So my biggest thing would be to say – and this is a lot easier to say than to do – but just to don't overthink it. I think a lot of times um, – a lot of the people I talk to have gotten more just in their own heads about it where, well, how do I want to say, you know, who I am, what my background is. If you start simple and go from there, even a simple, small, simple, something is better than having the landing page coming soon, you know, rather than having just, just even the tiniest bit about yourself as far as making sure you know, depending upon the business or the podcast or whatever you're, but just enough that someone can find you and get a feel for what it is that you're trying to share with them, sell them, whatever it is. But even the basic, most basic Wix website or Squarespace website, 
can be really easy to throw together as long as you just don't overthink what should go on the right, website. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, to me, that was a stumbling block as well when I put mine together, homemade, um, as it were. But, you know, it's one of those, how do I tell people what I do and sell and, and help and such without making it... <laughs> A tome. You work with, you know, Squarespace, WordPress, Shopify as well, too, and be a little bit off the beaten path for podcasts, but it is a monetary opportunity. So is WordPress the best route to go? Have you seen what are the pros and cons of working with WordPress? I mean, everybody seems to know about WordPress. They're familiar with it, but they also see the Squarespaces and the Wix opportunities, too, and go, wow, this is a lot easier to go into. What do you think about that? So, you know, it depends upon the, the project and what the person involved wants, right? So I how I describe WordPress is WordPress is fantastic if you want control down to the pixel, where it is very important to you to have X designed just like how it is in your head, or you have a very specific brand and you need the different elements. WordPress gives you, in my mind a lot more control, at least easier, without a lot of custom code, you can really control that. WordPress is also great for someone who's going to blog a lot. Space is great if you want something quick and you don't want to have to worry about it. So with WordPress, there is a lot of hacking involved. You have to constantly make sure that all of your themes and plugins and the WordPress version are up to date, otherwise you're vulnerable to just annoy more more so annoying than you know big scale hacking, but even just having an injection of code in your website can be enough to to throw your day off. But um, you don't have that with Squarespace. With Squarespace, it's more you pay through Squarespace for the hosting, the SSL certificate, and maybe even the domain. You set up a website. It can be as simple or as complicated as you want. And then you don't necessarily need to worry about it getting taken down or hacked or anything like that. Um, and then Shopify is just, it's good if you're selling anything because it, it it has all the security in place. You don't have to worry with WordPress. There are all these extra plugins and payment processing pieces and Shopify just makes all of that easy. Are for you. you seeing Squarespace and Wix then a, a good alternative if you are a blogger? Has it become a better blogging tool? I still definitely prefer WordPress when it comes to anyone that's going to blog regularly. Um, and that might be more just, you know, mm-hmm. subjective. It's because I'm what... It's what I'm familiar with, um, but there are just so many great tools with WordPress built in for people who are going to regularly post blog posts, podcasts, or whatever it is, ongoing content like that. Whereas with Squarespace, it's fantastic for someone who's maybe going to post 10 blog posts a year as opposed to regularly updating yeah. websites. That was my impression too. I, and, and I again, I'm not in Squarespace or Wix to know the up grades and, and how they're changing to be more friendly to one sector or another. So I was, I was under that impression. I mean, that, that was, it's what WordPress was based on is it built around blogging and such too. So it's, it's been a natural go-to for podcasters because basically podcast is a blog verbalized, uh, and, and, and even more, um, and then topped with, injecting you know video very easily and saying that though are there alternatives to wordpress that could be considered i mean is is really the squarespace and wix the way to go or um you know is there easier entry ways into wordpress that it's not such a big hill to climb once you get into wordpress that's a good question (laughs) so for one person something might seem really complicated and like a lot to handle and for someone else they might just pick it up right away i personally find wix to be a little hard 
to fully understand how they have it set up. And that's me being someone that has worked on dozens of Wix websites over the years. Like I have a pretty good handle on how it's set up, but still sometimes it, it can feel kind of wonky to me. Squarespace, they recently came out with a newer version that I think is much more user-friendly than anything they'd had in the past. But that being said, there are still some things that in my mind don't necessarily function as I would expect or want them to. But in general, when someone wants to, when I know that they're serious about blogging and, you know, they, they want to have ongoing content updates, WordPress is, is typically going to be the best option yeah. in my mind. I see the benefits of working with somebody like you pretty huge. I mean, I, 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 building a website's a big lift. It really is. I, it, it, from the beginning stages, I think once it's built and you're given the tools to at least be able to post, to update, to know to go in and update and such like that, what would be some advice that you would give in regards to how to interview a uh, a website developer? What are some things that as a, as a podcaster or a business owner, they should be asking right up front to kind of help sift through um, people like you doing the services they're doing great, but everybody has their little, their, their lane they go through to, you know, in regards to what they do with their clients, what they do with building websites. What are some good questions to ask? So I would say, you know, up front, everyone works very differently. And sometimes people want to have their hand held from every step of the process where they really like they are overwhelmed and uncomfortable and they want, you know, someone that can help you with, you know, walking through the beginning, the branding, the mission and all of that stuff all the way to the end of launching a website. Um, And so for those people, sometimes interviewing some of the bigger firms that include, you know, people that have a few specialists, that way to go. Whereas for, other businesses, they might be looking for, you know, I like I've already got, you know, some of this, these pieces in place, but I need help tackling the website part. And then it might be good to find someone such as myself who is happy to do projects here and there as opposed to, you know, working with a larger firm that expects, you know, it's going to be a six month commitment sort of thing. So it really depends what their personality is and what they need, because just like anything else, there's going to be good fits and yeah. bad fits. Well, and it sounds as though, too, as you just stated, um, there should be some questions coming from someone like you as well to really filter out what that uh, that person, that business needs, right? Yeah, and that's always, you know, that's always great. In my mind, that, that would be a, probably a good advice to give to a business owner if someone doesn't ask any questions when they reach out and a potential, you know, web designer developer is just like, yeah, sure. Well, that, that might be a bit of a red flag because if, if it's, yeah, sure. Without not, without knowing, you know, if it's a good fit or not, that's not ideal for me. I like to know, you know, I, I, I don't want to go into any sort of business relationship with a bad fit. So I like to have conversations with people for a little bit before we would even start just to make sure that we're on the same page as far as communication deadlines, all of that. But yeah, with anything, this definitely included communication, transparency, and being honest about what you expect, what you charge, what your budget is, uh, all sides, just honesty and being. Yeah, being yeah I would think everybody's going to be happy in the long run. Uh, when the project's done, or at least to the point where, hey, here are the keys, if that's what you want, or I take care of everything and such too. I would think another red flag would be, uh, 
the the answer is we have to tear it down and rebuild it unless it's just the the worst built <laughs> website but i think going in that that the business owner podcaster would know that and that, that would be the first thing i got to rebuild i know it's a terrible website but that to me is a red flag as well too is like maybe not everything has to be rebuilt but again like you say case by case who knows until you get in and take a look and and what are the end goals for what you want that website to do ultimately Absolutely. And I, I mean, that's just the same as anything, right? With a house, <laughs> you can usually find a way to fix it without starting over. Same with a website. Even if it was built 10 years ago, there are ways to, to make it work without having to ditch mm-hmm. what you already have in are place. Are there some, um, when you're building a website, you, ought to, you should be, I think, at least building for the future as well, too. Uh, add-ons of thinking, okay, today you're doing this, but what do you want to do in a few years? What are some of those common things that you suggest as well as add-ons? It's like, well, you're doing this right now, but be thinking about this. I mean, and it, it, to me, it's, it could be as simple as, yeah, we got to make sure you include your social media icons, you know, those little things. Are there certain things that always pop up going, yeah, remember to always add this to websites? I mean, I guess the big thing that comes up more often than I would have necessarily expected is sometimes people will realize down the line that they want to sell. And if we're already on the Squarespace path, for example, which is totally fine, but if you want a robust website that or a robust selling platform, then Shopify is a better choice. Um, and it's fine. You can sell with Squarespace. You can sell with WordPress. But if at any point in your business you think that you're going to want to add a shop online, then it's probably good to consider Shopify as your first step as opposed to going too far down the wrong direction and then finding yourself trying to recreate that website in Shopify. Because, all, I mean, all these platforms work a little bit differently and it's just start with the right choice for you as opposed to having to like you said, right. start over. Well, and, and that's good advice because that's a, that for a podcast or in a business, no matter what, that is a monetization option. Is even if a podcaster wants to sell yep. T-shirts without going through a third party, or it could be through third party, but they want to make it easy on their website to sell T-shirts or. Uh, you know, uh, laptop stickers or whatever the case might be, if that's on the radar to do, um, then yeah, say that out loud to your website designer because that is, if, even if it doesn't come true, at least you know, it, it in the long run, we'd love to, let's make sure that can happen. Or it could be, you know, developing uh, an email newsletter. That in itself has sign-up options as well, too. So I, I think being honest with you as a web developer is crucial uh, in, in that first step, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And, I, you know, that's a, that brings up a good point where it's good to have all these conversations at the very start. Right, of getting a better understanding. What is it you hope to accomplish from this website? Well, we want an email list. Okay, let's decide what kind of email list you want. Are you going to use MailChimp or do you want to do something a little simpler to start? I mean, what do you have in mind? And just kind of being able to talk through and gather all that information as the foundation before you even get too far into anything is just a, a good place to start. I uh, ran across an article just a couple of days ago prior to this interview uh, from uh, – it was uh, posted by adexchanger.com and it's talking about uh, where Panasonic is using podcasting as a powerful lead gen tool, or a tool for B2B marketers. But it, it really wasn't 
necessarily the podcast itself. It's that it's giving them more SEO juice because people are staying on their page longer by listening to a podcast link on their website. <laughs> so I mean, it has that, you know, are there other ideas? I think adding a podcast to the website, I've seen that more, you know, more and more people are talking about that the the interaction, the opportunity for somebody to stay on a page a little bit longer, that stickiness that that podcasts can have. Are you seeing that a little bit more in regards to maybe even focusing on how the blog is used with a podcast or, uh, you know, that these, these ideas of keeping people on your web page a little bit longer? Oh, absolutely. And I think that's fantastic when people do take the time to, you know, make sure that their podcast is on the right services that you can easily, easily for someone who doesn't even know code, easily embed each podcast as its own post on the website so that they do remain on the website. And then there are certainly ways, um, if you're on WordPress, for example, if if your website is built on WordPress and you want to optimize the podcast for SEO, you can use Yoast or something similar to make sure that you are including the intro paragraphs that have the right search keywords and all of that too. And it, it's just another way to pull people in. And then, like you said, to get them to stay on your website as well. Laura, thanks so much. This has been very insightful. Hopefully, you know, listeners get a bit of, well, at least, at least it takes away the fear to want to work with a website designer or at least know that they can go and if nothing else, contact you to at least talk it out, kind of going, hey, I have one built. I'm kind of happy with it, but I know it can be better. And, and I think, uh, you know, price is always scary, but in the time, but I think it's worth it in the long run thinking about these, these incidents like yesterday when, when, if you're relying on social media, it doesn't cut it. You've got to have a better home base. And if you're not happy with it, make it better. <laughs> Otherwise yeah. you, you don't want to cringe every time you log in going, Oh, I hate this website. I wish it, you know, so fix it. <laughs> it's a, you know, there are lots of people like Laura that can do it, but you know, Laura, what's a good contact information to, to get a hold of you? If they just want to give you a, uh, you know, a shout to kind of go, Hey, can let's talk. Sure. So my website is starburstcolumbus.com. And then my email is Laura at starburstcolumbus.com. And I am, literally always happy to answer questions over email if anyone has any super good 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 well thanks again laura i appreciate it well thank you so much brett